Hey, good morning. It's Thursday morning. It's uh, good to be with you as we gather together again to study God's Word on this uh, beautiful day. It's always good to be with you and uh, study God's Word together. hope you were able to be with us last night for our our Bible study here at St. Matthew's online. It's uh, We've been studying some of the important things that I think we need to know. And uh, it's, last night we talked about the cross and uh, what the cross means to us and how the cross changes everything and the power of the cross in our lives. So it was a great time together study, studying uh, scripture. We, we've looked at Isaiah uh, 53 primarily, and it was, um, it was good, to, good to be together in God's word. And we would, we would invite you to join us every Wednesday night online for Bible study and then worship with us Sunday. Sunday's going to be a great day of worship in person or online. So we hope that you will take some time to uh, join with us Sunday morning uh, as we worship together, either, either in person at 8.30 or 11 or, um, or online at 8.30 or 11. 11 o'clock, we have traditional and intersection services, so we hope you can, uh, hope you, uh, can join with us. Uh, today, we're going to be picking up with Galatians, uh, Galatians chapter 2. Uh, Honestly, Galatians has been has been um, leading to this point. Um, you know, and you know how when you watch um, one of my favorite movies the last few years that um, no one else really liked except for my friend, one of my good friends, um, was Batman versus Superman. It was a great movie a few years back. That uh, the entire movie was predicated upon this big fight that Batman and Superman Superman were going to have, and so all the movie was leading up to the big fight that they were going to have. Well, Galatians has been kind of like Batman versus Superman. It's all been leading up to what we're fixing to read right now. We're going to read a conflict between Paul and Peter. So we're going to be reading today from Galatians chapter 11, I'm sorry, Galatians chapter 2, verses 11 through 14 uh, today. So let me read to you this passage here. When Cephas came to Antioch, Cephas is Peter's um, Hebrew name. When, Cep when Cephas came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face because he stood self-condemned. For until certain people came from James, he used to eat with the Gentiles. But after he came, he drew back and kept, kept himself separate for fear of the circumcision faction. And the other Jews joined him in this hypocrisy, so that even Barnabas was led astray by their hypocrisy. When I saw that they were not acting consistently with the truth of the gospel, I said to Cephas before them all, If you, though a Jew, live like a Gentile and not a Jew, how can you compel Gentiles to live like Jews? Okay, so what's happening here is, is we, we've seen up, up to here that Paul is really, he's defended the fact that he's an apostle in the same way that Peter is an apostle and the other, the other apostles are apostles. Peter, uh, Paul has spent time thus far in this book defending his apostleship. Um, so he does that, that Jesus has called him to teach and preach in the same way that he has called uh, Peter and James and John and the others. So he does, he's defending his apostleship. Then, uh, he defends the gospel that he's preaching, saying that, hey, I, I, I was given this, this gospel with a vision. It was not taught to me. And so I've tested it against what Peter teaches and what, what the others teach. So when he, he, last, last yesterday it says uh, they asked only one thing, that we remember the poor, which actually I was eager to do. They didn't ask him to submit the Gentile believers to circumcision. It, all they asked him to do was to remember the poor. Uh, that he was going to, and the poor in Jerusalem, to take up offerings for them and send an offering back to Jerusalem. So they have placed upon Paul no requirements that the Gentile believers become Jewish believers. If you go back and read Acts 15, you see the early church debated this, and it was decided, no, that we they were not going to require Gentile believers to become Jewish, if you will, to follow the Jewish law. 
Their only requirement to be saved, as he says in Romans 10, 9, is to believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. They were not required to submit to circumcision. They were not called to submit to keeping of the kosher laws, things such as that. So what's happening here is one of the, um, one of the things that uh, was common in the Jewish culture um, is the importance of food, um, food being separate, following a kosher eating pattern, and then not, not e the Gentiles were going to eat an entirely different diet than the Jews were going to eat. Um, and and to, be, to keep kosher, to follow the Levit Levitical law, you would have had to have eaten a different... To this day, if you go to uh, Jerusalem or the Holy Land, they will keep certain foods in certain places. And so uh, you'll find the cheese in a completely different room outside the main eating hall. Like you're gonna, you're not gonna mix these foods together because that's not keeping kosher. That's not following the Levitical uh, codes like that. Certain foods are not to be eaten. Gentiles doesn't matter. You're not going to get a sausage and biscuit in the Holy Land. It's not kosher. Well, hey, we live in the South. Every gas station around Bogotá is gonna be able to sell you a pretty good sausage and biscuit. Some of them even have cheese on them. They're delicious. They're the favorite. They're my favorite. There's nothing better than a good sausage and than a good gas station sausage and biscuit. You you can literally feel your arteries hardening as you eat it. It's delicious. Can't find it in Israel. Find the Bogotá. Just can't find it in Israel, which does confirm that Bogotá then is the Holy Land. Um, but so food would have been a point of separation. So Jews would have eaten a certain place, and Gentiles in another place. They would not have eaten together. Yet, if they're united in Christ and the purity food laws are not the important thing, they would have eaten freely together. But what's happened is James comes in and says, no, we must follow the Levitical teaching. We must follow these laws. We must follow these things. And then it leads many astray. Peter uh, falls into this. Um, Barnabas even falls into this. And so Paul, what he does is Paul then um, confronts Peter and says, Hey, if you, a Jew, live like a Gentile, how can you expect the Gentiles to live like Jews? In other words, if you are free from the law, if you are not bound by the law, if you're not bound by these purity codes, if you're free from all this, how can you then expect others to submit to a law that you're not bound by yourself? That just doesn't make sense. So he, he and Peter have a confrontation over this. And um, Peter uh, and, 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 and Peter realizes what he had done. And this kind of, okay, a couple of things here. First, this goes back to the notion we talked of yesterday with accountability, how um, Paul submitted himself to accountability to others. And Paul loved Peter enough that he was, and he also loved the gospel enough that he was willing to, um, to speak out against Peter when Peter had done the wrong thing. And so I was actually listening to a podcast today kind of talking about how Jesus would call out the Pharisees and the religious leaders, how Peter, Paul would do it right here. And um, the, the, the speaker said um, he trusted Jesus and Paul's spiritual maturity more than he called, trusted his own spiritual maturity. And that... Um, we need to be, Peter and Paul have a relationship. They have an ongoing relationship that we've already seen here in Scripture. And they have a respect for each other. 
if you have a relationship with somebody, you can more easily speak to them about what need they what might be an error of correction, an, an area of correction, a place that they may have strayed from, a place where they might need to be warned about. But we need to have the relationship with somebody to do that. This goes back to what I said about yesterday about accountability, is that accountability is something that you give. Hey, I want you to keep me accountable. This isn't something necessarily that somebody comes in and takes. Peter and Paul have enough of a relationship where Peter can go, Paul can go, hey, dude, like, how can you expect, if you live like this, how do you, how can you expect somebody else to do this, do that? That's not right. That's not right. And they have enough of a relationship, and Paul has enough of a relationship where they can do that. So here's the thing. I think sometimes in life, we're more ready to do the call out than we are to build the relationship. Because if I just call you out, but I don't have a relationship with you, I'm just wasting my breath. I'm just wasting my breath. I'm just talking at that point, and it, it's not going to matter. But if I have a relationship with you, then I can speak truth to you in a moment when you may need it. And likewise, you can speak truth to me in a moment when I need it. So I think sometimes the world we live in, we're more ready to do the call out than we are to do the relational work to make it happen, to make the words effective and land and actually help. Peter loved the gospel enough that he was able to even confront Paul. I'm sorry, Paul loved the gospel enough that he was even able to confront Peter, respected leader in the church. He loved the gospel more than he loved anything. And so because of his great love for the gospel, he was willing to call out even Peter because of that. But because he and Peter had a relationship, his call out was able to make an actual effect in Peter's life actually affect the church and the direction of the church. So let, let's not be afraid to, to, to speak the truth and love when we need to. But sometimes we're more willing to speak the truth and we forget the love part. Paul had a relationship with Peter that allowed him to speak into his life and actually have those words be heard, which they were when we read the rest of this book. So speak the truth and love. Love, folks. Speak the truth. And um, point everybody that you can to the truth of the gospel at all times. Hey, love you guys. Praying for you today. Have an awesome uh, Thursday, and we'll see you bright and early uh, for our devotion tomorrow morning. Have a great day.